Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Really who he is. It's time for us not to know about him, but to really know him. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you get all the glory, you get all the honor, and you get all the praise today as I go forth. And I thank you, God, that it's not about me because I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So you shall be glorified. Father, every attack and every assignment that the enemy want to send out against our minds. Because the warfare is in our minds. I bind right now in the name of Jesus. I command every mind-boggling spirit. To go right now in the name of Jesus. Every harassing spirit that harasses us in our mind, I command it to go. In Jesus' name. And God, we come against every thought that's contrary to the word of God. In Jesus' name. So we thank you, God, for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit on today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles once again to St. John 3.16. We want to revisit where we were. And I believe sometimes through revisiting where we were, it helps us to really get to know God. Amen. St. John 3.16. I believe we are familiar with this, but we want to break it down a little bit more. The word of God reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever whosoever, it don't matter who it is, believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You may be seated. We're talking about knowing God. I'm saying knowing God, not just knowing about God, because you can hear about him through someone else. But until you have your personal relationship, your experience with God, you're just hearing about him. And God wants to know us in a personal way. We know in the beginning of that, it say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish. We want to do more than just miss hell, y'all. Some people say, you know, I have accepted him as my Lord and as my Savior, so I'm going to heaven. But God wants more for us here on earth. He wants more than just missing hell. Yes, that's good, but when you don't live that life that God wants you to live here on earth and experiencing him here on earth and knowing who he really is, really, you, you really haven't experienced anything. So God wants us to really get to know him. So we see what Jesus done. Jesus 
Jesus died on our behalf because he who knew no sin became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God through him. We were put in right standing because of Jesus, not because of anything that we done or anything that we will ever do. It is because of him that we live, that we move, that we have our being. So we need to get our minds off of us and we need to put our mind on him. We need to look to heaven. We don't need to look to things here on the earth. This is why in the book of Colossians 3, it says, set your affections. That means set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Set it means to keep it set. We want to always be focused on the things of God. And we know that this world distracts us. It takes our mind off him and it puts us on worldly things. But Jesus paid a price that we could not pay. He paid the price of redemption because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through Jesus Christ. We were separated from God. We learned in the book of Isaiah last week that 59, that we were separated from him. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened at all that he cannot save, nor his ear dull with deafness that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So we know that sin separated us from God. We could not have that connection to God. The life of God because of sin, it it disconnected us. So God had a way. He made a way for us through his son so we could have that relationship. And the only way you can have that relationship with him is through being born again the only way you can see or enter the kingdom of God is through being born again having a spiritual birth not through a natural birth we have to know that the flesh profits us nothing it says the spirit quickens the spirit is what makes us alive the flesh profits us nothing and the words that he speak unto us they are spirit and life according to St. John 6 6 So what we have to do is connect with the lifeline. We have to make that connection with Jesus in order to get to the father. There's no other way. Jesus say, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man can what? Come to the Father except by me. You cannot get to God through Buddha. You cannot get to God through Muhammad. You cannot get to God through any works that you do. Your good works are not going to get you to God. We have to accept what Jesus done in order to be accepted by God. There was a great exchange. Jesus took our sins and he exchanged that for what? Righteousness. So the only way we can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Christ. People are trying other means to get through, to get to the Father. They're saying, I come to church, I pay my tithes, I I do this, I do that. That's not going to get you to the Father. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way that gets us to the Father. So I want to go in depth um, more with this teaching because God wants us to have his kind of life, Zoe life. He wants us to have the life of God. 
the life that God has given us started in the beginning. We went in Genesis and how he created everything the way he wanted it to be. Everything God created was good. God spoke it into existence. He said it. He saw it. And it was good. And at the end, it was very good. So when he created everything, he created man and he put man in that garden that he created. There was nothing missing. There was nothing broken. Because he's Jehovah Shalom. Everything that man needed was in that garden. But man was a spirit. So God had to create a body. And we know God created a body in Genesis 2. He created that body of the man. It was a shell. That body was dead. That body was empty. But when he blew the breath of life in that body, that body became a living soul. The life of God, the Zoe life was inside of this body. Now God can use man to rule and reign to represent him on this earth the way he needed to be represented. God is a good God. So everything that God would have man to do would be good because he is good so we know what happened um, in that garden Satan was waiting he was waiting to get that authority from man because he knew he was not getting it from God so what did he do he deceived Eve and he deceived Eve um, Adam took the fruit from Eve and we know sin entered the world man did not know anything about nakedness They didn't know anything about being ashamed. They didn't know sin at all. Only thing they knew was goodness. This is why God say, eat from that tree of life. Because when you eat from that tree of life, you're going to live forever. Do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because when you do, you shall surely die. God was talking about what? A spiritual death. He was not talking about a physical death. Y'all, we got to understand that Adam didn't know how to die. They didn't know how to die. They only know how to live. But when death entered the world, death brought upon the world a lot of things. Go with me to the book of Genesis. And the more we go over these things, it's going to help us to know. Genesis, the sixth chapter, is going to help us to know and to realize what God intended for us and how the earth was. Genesis 6, verse 5 through 7. We know after the fall and after everything was going on with sin in the earth, upon the earth, the thing was man did not know they were sinning. They actually didn't know what sin was. They thought that they were living a good life. Look at the world right right now. People think they're living a good life. They're thinking they're living a good life because they got their help. They got their strength. They got money in the bank. The children okay. You know, they're living in uh, a nice homes. They're living, got nice cars. So they think that life is good. Everything is okay. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. I got money in my pocket. I got everything I need. But you don't have life, eternal life. You don't have the Zoe life. So they didn't know about sin here because in Genesis 6, 5, it says the Lord saw that human beings on the earth were very wicked, evil, and that everything they thought about, every inclination of their mind and heart was evil, wicked. Think about it now, y'all. Look at the world. If people are not on God's side. If they have not accepted eternal life, Zoe life, the life that God wants us to have, 
This is how their thinking is. It's evil continually. Their thoughts, their heart, everything is dealing with evil and they think it's right. But it's not right. How do I know it's not right? Because he said, this is what God said. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. He was sorry, regretted. He had made human beings on the earth. It repented God. And his heart was filled with pain. If we are born again, if we have truly accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when things are going on around us that represent sin, if things are happening before us that represent sins to gravitate us towards sin, we should be grieved. We should have the same thing that God was saying here. He was filled with pain. We should be filled with grief. Why? Because when you get to know God, you know what he know. You know what he liked. You know what he disliked. You know what he loved. You know what he hate. And you cannot stay around sin. You don't even want to look upon sin. Why? Because he's in you. And you're in him. You're representing him. You're not going to be in a place that that's outside of him. You're not going to be around people hanging with people that's doing things outside of your father. Outside the way that you're taught. You're not going to be in the midst of that. Why? Because God is grieved with that. You cannot tell me you're saved and you can enter a club and sit there and drink and party and say, oh, how I love Jesus. The Bible says he was sorry, he regretted he made human beings on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will destroy, I will wipe out, blot out, exterminate all human beings that I made created on the earth. And I will destroy every animal and everything that crawls, creeps on the earth and birds of the air. To sky the heaven because I'm sorry. I regret I have made them. That's just how God hated sin. Because he said this is not how I created the earth to be. This is not how I created the heavens. This is not what I created. This is what I dislike. So I'm going to have to wipe it all out. Now can you, somebody help me with this? How is it that we're born again? And we allow things in God's house that's not of God. And we say, God, how can we allow things outside of him when we say we, how can you allow somebody to come in your house, in your home, cross their legs, do what you don't do and have conversation with them? How can you allow somebody to curse in your presence or cuss? Bleep the bleep the bleep the bleep the bleep. And you don't say nothing. He said, let no corrupt communication be in who? So if they're standing before you and they're doing all that, you're just going to sit there and let them disrespect your God. Come on, when you know God. Let me explain again about knowing God. When you are born again, you are in relationship with God because you're born of the family of God. You have a new identity. That means, therefore, if any man be 
in Christ. He is a new creature. He's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you know who you are in him, you know you're in the family of God. So being that you're in the family of God, you want to learn about him. Relationship is putting you in that family. That's a relationship. But God said, I want some fellowship. You may be part of my family, but I want you to get to know me as your father. I want you to get to know me as Abba. I want you to get to know me by my names. I want you to spend time with me. I want to share with you. I want some participation with you. We are connected, but I want you to know what I know so you'll be able to do what I do. I want you to see what I see so you'll be able to say what I say. Come on, somebody. This is why Jesus was so close to the Father. He didn't let nobody take him from the Father. Even unto death, he didn't let nobody take him from the father. He knew what a crucifixion was about. He knew that his flesh was going to be crucified. Jesus felt the pain and the agony of death. It was so much that he felt. It was just like drops of blood coming from Jesus. But Jesus said, father... Not my will. See, he left him out. He said, it ain't about me. It ain't about how I feel. It ain't about what I'm going through. It's about what you know what's best. So, Father, not my will, but let your will be done. And Jesus went through that agony. He went through that suffering. He went through that pain. He went through all of that. Why? He said, because we're separate. You separated from the father. The father don't want you separated no more. Sin is separating you. So that got to be dealt with. But he said, it's more than just that. When that is dealt with, he said, the father want to know you. Because this is what he said to the father in St. John 17. Go with me there. St. John 17. He was praying to the Father. And this is what Jesus told the Father in St. John 17. He said, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou has given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou has given him. So the father gave life to Jesus for Jesus to give that life to us. And then he said, and this is life eternal that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. See, eternal life is more than just about living forever. It's more than just about having that Zoe life, having all these things that God has provided for you. If you don't know him, how will you know what God has given you? So he said, I want them to know you. This is eternal life. So when we take the time to know God, not just knowing about him, when we spend time with him, we can live this life and people know where are we from? 
People are going to know that we're citizens of the kingdom because the more time we spend with God, the less time we're going to spend doing worldly stuff. Now, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, so we do not do what the world does. And that's what the Father wants us to know. He said, I want to know you. And this is what happened to Moses. Let's go back to Moses. In Psalms 103.7, it said, he made known his ways of righteousness and justice to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Moses knew God's ways. He knew his righteous acts. He spent time with God. He knew God. The children of Israel, they saw the signs and wonders. So that's what they look for all the time. As long as you give me those signs, as long as you give me those wonders. Now we do need that, but believers don't need that. The signs are for the unbelievers. You're bringing these signs and these wonders to the unbelievers to let them know there is a God that's exalted. El El Yon, that he's the most high God. He's above every God. So this is what we supposed to be doing, but they were looking more for the signs, for the wonders. We shouldn't have to look for that. We should know this is what we have because we believe in him. We trust in him. But Moses in Exodus, Exodus 33, 13, it says, now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way. That I may know you progressively, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly that I may find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider this nation as your people. Moses say, I just want to know you. I want to understand you. I want to become acquainted with you. He said, I want to be more intimate with you. Look at what he's saying. Do we say this to God or do we always go to him saying, you know, God, what's going on? God, how can you help me with this? God, I need to pay my bills. God, my body hurt. God, God, God. But when you know him, you know what you already have and you using your authority because he gave it to you. So we, when we really know him and become acquainted with him, our lives would reflect us knowing him. If anybody say that they know him and got unforgiveness in their heart, he is not known by you. Because God is a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. He is a loving God. He loved us so much that he forgave us. Even when we were in our mess and we get so hung up and our hearts get so hard. I'm not forgiving them. They hurt me. I didn't hurt them. What God are you serving? It don't matter what they done to you. It hurts the flesh, but you got to kill that flesh and said, I don't walk according to the flesh. I walk and live according to the spirit. That's who I am. He forgave me and I can forgive them because how can I go to him and say, God, forgive me for running my mouth today and know I have all against you. I don't know him. I can't keep that stuff to myself. I can't lay down in anger. Knowing that I serve a God who's a loving God. Y'all, something's going wrong with the church. The more you get to know him, you can't even keep nothing that long. You cannot go overnight with that mess in you. Come on, somebody. 
I'm a living witness. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the God that's in me. Because the closer I get to him, I can't lay my head on the pillow until I get it solved what's unsolved. Until I do what the word tell me to do. Whether it's with my husband, whether it's with a family member, whether it's with a friend, it doesn't matter. It ain't about me. Because when I said I've been crucified with Christ, that means it ain't about you. You're living a life now in him. In him you live, in him you move, in him you have your being. We got to get past our hurt. We got to get past our feelings. Faith is no feeling. Yeah, they hurt you. Now get over it. Because that hurt would take you to an early grave. Because it would stress you out. The enemy knows these things. He knows if he can keep feeding you. What are you eating? What are you munching on? The more you munch on that hurt, the bigger that hurt get. And it wasn't that big in the first place. Somebody can say something so small. And because you haven't dealt with those hurts that was there in the past, it's a mountain now. And they're wondering, what did I say? What did I do? I just asked a simple question. Come on when you know him. Not knowing about him. But when you truly know him, you're going to do what he does. You're going to say what he says. And you're going to say it with the right heart. You're not just going to say it because I'm telling you what you said was wrong or somebody else is telling you. You're going to say it because you know that's not the way your father reacts. That's not what your father does. The The longer you keep something in, the worse it gets. Because you're planting a seed. And that seed has to take time to grow. The enemy knows that. He don't want you to dig up them wicked and corruptible seeds. No. He wants you to dig up that righteous seed. He wants you to dig up truth. Because he know if you plant wicked seeds. When it come up before you. It's going to be terrible y'all. This is why he said be not conformed to what? This world. But be ye. But be ye, be ye, be ye, by what? That's the part we miss. These days and time, people don't have time to renew their mind according to the word. They renew their mind according to what they can get from it. If my job tell me this is what I have to do, leave me alone. I have to do this. But the word tell you what you have to do. You shut the word. You ain't got time to hear what the word got to say. I got to make my money. Come on. If you want help in any area of your life. It's in the word of God. The word is what's going to give you life. At the end of the day. Everything going to crash. Y'all the word says it. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Everything that you built up for yourself. Is going to pass away. But he said, my word is what's going to stand. Come on, if he's telling you this, if he's telling us things are going to come in this world, things are going to happen because we're in a fallen world. Sometimes you wonder, well, God, why you got me in this world? To show them me, to show them that I'm above this. You're supposed to exalt me above what you see. Not being in the midst of what you see and standing there and say, oh Lord, what am I going to do? 
We supposed to put him above everything that they say. Monkey pops, pop, whatever pop. We supposed to put him above that. He know about the monkey pops. He know about every pop that's going to come out that you don't know nothing about. But that's why he prepare you through the word. He tell you how to get through it through the word. But we're spending too much time fussing with one another, fighting against flesh and blood. He say your fight is not against flesh and blood. Everybody want to prove a point. If I say the pen is purple, no apostle is blue. No, it's purple. No apostle is blue. I said it's purple. I said it's blue. Can't you see it's blue? Didn't I say that pen was purple? Now we mad because I say purple, you say blue. I say purple, I say purple, I say purple. That's the song. You say blue. I say purple, you say blue. What difference does it make? But that's what pride does. Pride pride don't shut up. Pride want to be right at all costs. Pride want the desk the way it want the desk, not the way you want the desk. Pride say it's crooked. I say it's okay. Pride say it's still crooked. But it's okay. When you know God, you don't allow those simple little things to bring strife and conflict. That's why Abraham, he had such a relationship, fellowship with God, that Abraham told, who did he tell? Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. There shouldn't be no animosity. There shouldn't be no resentment. There shouldn't be no strife between us. How could Abraham say this? Because Abraham knew God. He knew God was going to take care of him no matter where he went. What did Lot do? Lot looked at a land that was so beautiful. It looked so beautiful. It was flourishing. He said, okay, what happened? Abraham had to rescue Lot from the very place he chose. That's just how sneaky sin is. Some of us accept things because it look good, right? Some of us go after things because we feel peace that it's okay. You better know God's kind of peace. Because the world's kind of peace wait till everything is calm to say I'm in peace. But God's kind of peace say it don't have to be calm. I'm still in peace because I know him. This is why Jesus fell asleep on the boat through the storm because he had the life of God in him. So no matter what came his way, he knew what he had. Those disciples that he was training say, don't you care? Don't you care? You up here asleep. I'm paraphrasing it. Here we are trying to save our lives. You were already saved. The savior was already there. And Jesus gets up and let, let them know about the fear that they had. Why are you so afraid? And he began to speak. Why? Because he had life in him to calm the raging seas. He had what he need because he knew the father. When you know the father, whatever is going on around you, guess what? The Holy Spirit speaks on behalf of the father and he tell you what you need to do at that very instant, at that very moment. But do we take time to ask the Holy Spirit? See, when you know the Father, you know that he has given you the Holy Spirit to be your helper, to be your teacher, to be your comforter, to be your standby, to be your God on the inside. 
You know what you have. So when you know what you have, you can call on what you have. But when you don't know what you have, you're running around trying to get somebody to help you, trying to figure it out, and they can't help you. So he's saying... I want my church to know me, not just to miss hell. I want them to spend time with me, not just five minutes here and five minutes there. But I want you to rise up early and I want you to get to know me. I want you to talk to me and let me talk to you. Quit doing all the talking. Be quiet. Can you be still and know that I'm God? He said, I want you to know me so well that you're not moved by your circumstance. I want you to know me so well that you're not moved when somebody is coming at you forcibly. I want you to know me in an intimate, personal way. That's what God is saying he wants. And this is what Moses did. He got, he took the time out to spend time with God because he had to speak on God's behalf to the people. You cannot tell somebody something you don't know. You cannot tell somebody how to live and you're not living that way. Me and my son and Quisha May was having a conversation one day. And you know what? I'm going to let y'all hear this testimony from my son and he know where I'm going. Honey, give Jeremy the mic. Jeremy, come up here. God is so good. God will meet you where you at. This is one day that my son come came to the house and I had just come out of prayer before the Lord. What happened, Jeremy? Um, I went in her office just to talk to her as usual. And um, she was speaking in tongues. And um, all of a sudden she started talking to me, but it really, it wasn't her. But I just froze up and just listening. And the voice that was coming out of her, like, I was kind of confused, but it was just so, I don't, it was overwhelming. But um, I just sat there and listened, couldn't say nothing. And um, soon as she finished talking, she just went right back in tongues. And my dad walked in, matter of fact, and he just came in and just walked back. And um, it was, I don't know, it was just another voice. And as soon as she went back in tongues, I just left out the house. (laughs) It was was something. Let me tell you something. When you know him, and at that time, when Jeremy got released, there was a song God had me to sing. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender all. I knew at that point, When my son had left, I said, oh, he's scared. The Lord touched him. He said nothing about it. But then old Quisha may say, I need to ask you something. I don't think Jeremy was telling the truth. I said, yes, it did happen. So we talked about salvation. See, there's a way that you talk about salvation to your children and other children where you don't make them feel condemned. Sometimes when we're trying to bring it, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom to people, we beat them up over the head and we make them feel worthless. That's not how he made us feel. So when we were having that conversation, I asked Jeremy, I said, Quisha, Jeremy already know these things. I said, Jeremy, I said, how do you see me? 
He says, a Christian. I said, how do you know I'm a Christian? He says, because how you live. I said, so how do you see other people that say that they're saved? He said, I can tell by the way they live. And I said, what you call them? He said, hypocrites. People watch you. People know you. They watch you even when you think you're not being watched. Now, Sister Niece, come up here and tell your testimony about what you shared about somebody watching. Give her the mic. This is knowing him. And see, we supposed to, everywhere we go, people supposed to see a difference. You don't supposed to try to act the part. You supposed to be who you really are. Uh, one Saturday, I got off work with Vanessa. Me and her, we went to Sensations. And we were eating. And there was a lady that worked there. And she's always been in my life. Me and her have always been friends. So she came over to the table because she had been seeing me and some apostle and other people from the church going out to eat at Sensations. And she told me, she said, you know, I have watched you with Pastor Corbett. I saw you with Pastor Tony. She said, then I watched you with Sharon, with Sister Belle, and I saw how you was with her. And then she said, I have seen you come in here time and time again with your pastor, and I see how you assist her. She said, I wish I had a relationship like that with my um, first lady. And I was just at awe because she went way back when I was with Pastor Corbett and and Pastor Tony, and then she went with Sister Belle when I was her armor bearer, and then she saw me with Apostle, and it just amazed me. I would say, I just was speechless. I didn't know that people really watch you like that. Amen. People watch the life you live. So when somebody died, it ain't for you to preach their funeral. It's already been preached. It's already been said. But the world is so mixed up. And messed up that they think you can serve God in the world at the same time and still be saved. The devil is a liar. Because if you truly have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't want what the world has no more. You don't want to live that way no more. Though you fall, you're going to rise up and you're going to go to your heavenly father and say, Father, that's not you. Forgive me for my nasty mouth. Forgive me for what I did or should not have done. God, I'm coming to you because that's just who I am. You love him so much because you know he first loved you. You can't live in that state no more. Come on. But the world is so intertwined with the church now that the church is accepting stuff that's not of God. And when we know him and when your brother or sister fall and they're doing stuff that they don't supposed to do, you're supposed to be a helper to your brother and sister and come to them in meekness and in love and give them the truth. Then they have to choose. You done your part. But you don't sit there and let your brother or sister be in a sin and don't correct. 
You don't sit there and let your brother or sister talk about another brother or sister with your ears open and ain't bringing truth to them from the word and telling them what the word say. That's all you got to do. If you got fault between you and them, not me, you go to them. You direct them to the word, not to you as a savior. Because if you don't give them that and the way it need to be given, they're going to keep coming to you, tying you up in the midst of something that's not about you, but you done made it about you. So you intertwine with them. Hmm. I know the Holy Ghost speaking. There's a difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. When you're living the way God wants you to live, you live in that way because you know him. And when you know him and you make him known, people are going to hate you. They don't want to be around you and it's going to be in family. Family don't want to see you coming. Because they've done gave you a name. They're going to miss know-it-all. They're going to miss holy than the thou. Every time they come up in here, they got to say something about, you don't have to say nothing. Just walk in the room and the glory of God that's reflecting off of you. People begin to hate you for no reason. But when you know him, the Holy Spirit remind you they hated me. So they're going to hate you as well. But we get so uptight. Because we haven't dealt with rejection. We want the love from them more than we're embracing the love of God that he already has for us. We want to be people pleasers instead of pleasing God by honoring him according to his word. If it's in your very home with your husband or your wife, you don't bow down to them. You bow down to God when you know the truth. God want us to have this life. He gave the life to Jesus, eternal life. Now the life that he has given to us by accepting Jesus, he want us to give it to others. He want other people to have this relationship, to have this fellowship with him, to get to know him. And the more they get to know him and experience him, they're sharing these experiences with other people. And other people saying, what must I do? And people can watch your life so much. They want what you got. And that's your opportunity to give it to them. But you got to know how to present him. The more you with him, you're going to know how to present him. Sometimes only thing you got to do is just sit there. And his presence is in the midst. And all of a sudden they're feeling the peace of God. A peace like they never had before. And they begin to call you and say, for some reason, it's not something you said. Just being around you is giving me such a peace. I just can't explain the peace I have every time you walk in the room. Can you help me? What's going on? Digger, you're opening. Sometimes it don't take you running your mouth. Sometimes God just wants you to be still in his presence. So people know he's on the scene. Sometimes we want people to know that we know the word. And by you trying to prove yourself that you know something, people don't want to hear you. We only speak as he tell us to speak. We don't just speak. You can be so full of something. Yes, you want to speak it, but you got to know when to cut it off. Because you can lose people by just keeping on and on and on. It don't take all that. It may take one word. 
from that person. It's not about us. It's all about him. So the Lord began to to give me even more. Y'all, I just love it when I can go to him. Like yesterday doing that um, youth conference, the hardcore conference, I had bought my camera and I wanted to do some interviews with people and I asked Kim to help me. I couldn't get the record right. And I said, Kim, you go ahead because she was busy. I asked my husband. He couldn't get it right. So as I was sitting there, all of a sudden I sat there. I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know. I said, but I know you know all things. I said, could you please help me with this? Next thing I know, I just got quiet, was paying attention. Holy Spirit said, switch it on movie mode. I said, okay. Switched it. There go the record button. You can't tell me. We don't have a loving God. He gave us the Holy Spirit to show us stuff outside of what we think we know. The Holy Spirit, when he know your heart... See, the problem is uh, some of our hearts, some of our hearts ain't right. Even though we're born again, we have allowed things to get on the inside of us, our heart. We have made deposits that wasn't right. So being that we have made deposits that wasn't right, our treasure is our heart. We put things in a treasure that we want to keep. But when you put hate in that in your heart... When you put strife, when you put unforgiveness and you ain't dealt with it through the word, that's what's going to come out of you all the time. Some people are so manipulative that they bring it out in a way that they think people don't know they're bringing out the hate. Because they get so settled with it because they want people to know, I don't like you. Y'all, I did that before. And I got caught up in my own mess. Because I want to use somebody else as a um how can you put put it i use them to bring out my point at work and it hit me right back in the face see sometimes you can be so manipulative somebody need to hear this you making people think you so loving but you a balking stricter you ready to squeeze somebody to death you can say all the loving words you want but god said already know your heart i know your thoughts are far off come on we, we got to quit this mess We got to quit telling people what we think they want to hear. And we need to start telling them the truth. We need to say, you know, I want to be honest with you. I don't like you. But the more time I spend with God, I learned it ain't about me. But I wanted you to know I didn't like you. But the more I talked to my father and the more I uprooted that hate that I had for you in me, the more the love of God covered it. Come on, we got to be honest. We got to begin to tell the truth about things so we can um, get healed from those things. We got to quit trying to do things to get people to like us. We got to know that we already accept it. We already love. We already been accepted in the beloved. I'm adopted by him. I'm chosen by him. I've been forgiven by him. I'm in right standing with him. When we know all of these things. We're not worried about other people. We need to quit comparing ourselves amongst ourselves because it ain't wise. Just because they got this, that don't mean you're supposed to have it. Just because they got a mate, that don't mean you're supposed to have a mate right now. God ain't through with you yet. Just because they went off to college, that don't mean you have to go off to college. 
It's too many people doing things because somebody else is doing it. Just because they're preaching, just because they're teaching, that don't make you a preacher or a teacher. Just because. Just because that dress look good on them, don't put it on you. Please don't. Your size ain't their size. We have to know the difference. And the more we spend time with him, the more we will know the difference. That's why it takes knowing him. There is change when you take time knowing him. Come on, didn't Mary get intimate with him? Didn't Mary have that relationship, that fellowship with him and come back big as a tick? Because she accepted the word that he gave her and she became pregnant because the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. And when she came back, Joseph knew that she was different. Joseph wanted to stone her. I'm telling you, when God does something in your life, he'll take care of your husband. He'll take care of your children. But he said, I want to be first and foremost in your life. I'll take care of them. First, you have to honor me before you can honor your mate. When you honor me, you ain't going to have no problem honoring your mate. When you get to know God, you ain't going to have a problem loving your mate, loving your children, loving each other. You're not going to have that problem because you're spending time with him. If you still got a problem with loving people, it's because you don't know the love of God. It's because you haven't connected with his love. Because the first part of that verse say, for God so loved the world love is what saved you so it starts with love and god has given each and every one of us his love he shared that love in our hearts through the holy ghost so we have to get to know his love y'all god love us unconditionally and we supposed to love each other unconditionally outside of how we feel we supposed to be able to come to one another in love and being able to talk to one another and work out our differences according to the word why because we know him and when we know him we're making him known so we got to work on our hearts we got to work on what's in our heart that's not of god that's blocking the love of god from flowing through us go with me to first john chapter one verse one i'm telling you y'all god will do some things he will do some things and he'll go back and show you more even through what he's already done that's why we keep it going it says we are writing about the word of life i'm reading out amplified bible classic edition we are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning. Let's start right there. To know him is to know that he existed before anything existed, before anything was created. And this is why he's called L O. Let me get that word right. L O M L O O L A M. El Olam, that's it, El Olam, El Olam, El Olam, that's who he is, El Olam, that's another name God had given me to go back 
through this. El Olam. And guess what it means? God eternal. Everlasting, everlasting. So you got to know he was here before anyone was here, before anything was created. God was here. Who would not want to know a God like that? He's letting people know I'm Jehovah. I'm the self-existing God. Nobody created me. I am self-existing. So all of these other gods, they're not above me. They are beneath me. But every, every nation or whatever, they have a God. But God is above all of them. So when we get to know God, we let them know that there is no other God that's above him. So we got to know he was here before anything was here. We know in, um, what some of us might know in Genesis 21, this is talking about Abraham when him and Abimelech was coming together and Abimelech was telling him, Abraham, I see, um, you know, the God, how God reacts with you. I see what God does with you. I'm paraphrasing it. And can you show me some kindness? So they became uh, in covenant with one another. But then Abraham, he began in verse 33, and Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. That's that name that Abraham called on. He knew God by those names. So each time that Abraham would go before God, there was a name that God revealed to him. How are you going to know God by these names if you don't go before God? When things are beginning to happen in your life and you don't understand what's happening in your life and you begin to communicate with God, God will begin to talk to you. He'll begin to say, I'm Jehovah Jireh. So you'll get to know him as Jehovah Jireh. He's saying, I'm your provider. I'm your source. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm your peace. When you get to know him by those names, you can begin to share those names with others. So they begin to say this. We have to know him from the beginning. He's, then they said, whom we have heard. So they knew that there was no other God but him. That's what we have to know when we're knowing him. God, there is no other God but you. Any other gods in my life, Father God, we have to get rid of, we have to get rid of those gods, those idols, because there's no other God but you. And then they say, we have heard, whom we have heard. Do you hear him? Do you hear him? Do you know when he's talking? He said, my sheep know my voice. Do we really know his voice or do we say, God, is that you? You know his voice by his word. God is not going to go outside of his word. Everything he says is going to line up with his word. Then they said, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hands. Look at this. They had known him so well. They were hearing him. They were seeing him. They had touched him. They were eyewitnesses concerning him. And the life and that, an aspect of being was revealed, made manifest, demonstrated. And we saw as eyewitnesses and testified to and declared to you the life, the eternal life, who already existed with the Father and who was made visible, revealed to us. How could they share him, this life? If they had not experienced him. So when you truly experienced him. You don't need, need a track. To talk about it. A track you leave with people. 
So they have the word before them. But you're the track. You're the billboard. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to bring this life, this eternal life that you receive yourself, that you heard, that you've been with, that you had a personal experience with. This is what they were doing in verse 3. What we have seen and ourselves heard, we're also telling you. So that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ the Messiah. You, when you have that fellowship, that sharing, that connection, that participation, you're going to give it to others. And that's that life. God wants people to have eternal life. And he wants them to have that life so they can know him. When you're speaking too much about what the world is doing, people know you're more about the world than you're about God. Everything we do should reflect him. Where people want what we have. And I want to ask the church today, how well do you know him? Every day I'm getting to know him in a better way. Through trials, through tribulations, through things that you go through, he make himself known. And it's more, but we're going to continue next Sunday with the help of the Holy Spirit because he want us to know him so well that when we come together, that we know that we already have what we need before we ask. Because we know that the Father loves us so much and there's nothing missing and nothing broken in him. When we know him, we walk by faith and not by sight. When we know him, we don't need money in the bank to go after what God is telling us to go after. Why? Because God got a ram in the bush. Because we know him that well. So let's get to know the Father so we can continue to do what the Father would have us to do the world y'all don't want what some christians have because the christians are acting just like the world doing and saying what the world is doing and saying and they're saying it's acceptable with god that's a lie god hates sin he loves the sinner but he hates sin he don't even look upon sin so church i want to ask you a question why are you looking upon it Why are you allowing that sin to stare you in the face every day and say you know him? That's not God. Because you don't want to be a part of that. You don't want to be in the midst of that. And I want to say this. When you're joking all the time, the word even tells you about that too. Joking and jesting just to get a laugh. Sometimes that stuff that you do is sin. You better know the difference. And you better turn away from that stuff because it's stopping you from doing what God has called you to do. And the enemy knows that. He's putting things in your life to stop you from doing what God is calling you to do. Let's get to know him. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Wasn't that an inspiring message? 
Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.